In the first episode of our new series, Dr. Louisa Avedunk invites you to listen as her team unravel a metabolic mystery. Hello, everyone. I would like to tell you the story of a rather unexpected diagnosis in metabolic medicine. We were referred a two-year-old boy who had recurrent episodes of dystonic arm posture accompanied by dystonic rotations of the head. We performed an MRI head, and you can find the image in the published figure. The MRI of the head showed strikingly symmetrical T2 hyperintensities of the basal ganglia and the brainstem. Because of this strictly symmetrical hyperintensity, we suspected and were almost convinced that we were facing a Lee syndrome-like mitochondrial disorder. Therefore, next we requested a whole mitochondrial DNA and exome sequencing. In the first round of the bioinformatic analysis of the exome and mitochondrial DNA data, no pathogenic variants, neither mitochondrial or nuclear encoded, were identified or reported. In view of this striking symmetrical presentation of the hyperintensity of the MRI that clearly reminded us of a mitochondrial or neurometabolic cause, we asked for a second look investigation of the exome sequencing data for variants in genes other than clear mitochondrial. Surprisingly, in the second look analysis, two compound heterozygous variants in the CBS gene were reported. As you may know, CBS encodes the cystathionine beta synthase and is a disease-causing gene of homocysteinuria. Immediately, we scheduled the patient for another blood test and actually found homocysteine levels being markedly increased, confirming the suspicion of classical homocysteinuria. So we started treatment with vitamin B6 and luckily homocysteine levels normalized and the dystonic episodes no longer occurred. We find this case actually worth reporting for two reasons. First, the child did not show any typical signs of homocysteinuria. He did not show ectopia lentis, nor skeletal abnormalities, nor thrombosis or so on. The only clinical feature he presented with were these dystonic episodes. And although even since 1970, more than 10 cases of dystonia associated with homocysteinuria have been described, at first glance, we had not considered homocysteinuria in the differential diagnosis. Without the second look analysis of the exome data, we would have missed the diagnosis and the opportunity for treatment. So one of our learnings was homocysteinuria can present with dystonia only and must therefore be considered in the differential diagnosis of dystonia. The second reason we found this case worth reporting is that it gives important reference to the underlying pathomechanism. While more than 10 homocysteinuria dystonia cases have been reported, the mechanism is elusive. In these former case reports, the authors had discussed thromboembolic etiology or disbalances of neurotransmitters. In our case, the strict symmetry of transient hyperintensities on the brain MRI clearly point to a metabolic pathogenesis. However, at the current stage, what exactly drives the metabolic stress in the brain in homocysteinuria is totally unclear and remains to be investigated. I would like to thank the courses and, of course, the family for their consent to share the diagnostic path. If you would like to view the MRI image or read our paper, please visit the JIMD webpage or click the link in the podcast description. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.